Hello and welcome on The Barricades. This is another edition of our show, and this is also another segment of our discussion with Pat Byrne, who is here with me. He's a long-standing political socialist activist and a great, fantastic anal uh, analyst whom I have invited uh, on our show to discuss the most important event in international politics right now, which is the tragic war in Ukraine uh, that is unfolding before our very eyes. And uh, we, uh, <clears throat> we're going to talk about the aims, uh, or at least, you know, our guesses what the aims of Vladimir Putin could be, uh, and as to why he actually launched this invasion of Ukraine. Pat, please. Okay, uh, well, well, as you say, uh, well, first of all, we can only, um, for, you know, there's been a lot of speculation, but I, I think the first thing we have to start from is what Putin has said himself, what his aims are. Uh, and then we can maybe um, talk about how we think he might implement those aims, because I think this is important to know to, to try to understand what's happening and then to see how the Ukrainians will respond to this. So the first thing is that obviously he's, he's talked about stopping uh, one of the purposes of the invasion is to stop uh, and to cease the application of Ukraine to join NATO. So that one, I think, is pretty straightforward and everybody knows that. And he's also stated that he wants to demilitarize the country. Well, that's not very clear what he means by that, but I think it's it's pretty obvious he means that he basically wants to break he wants to break the back of the Ukrainian army. Yeah? Um I mean that's what demilitarization must mean. Then he so, talks yeah. about, and then he means and he talks about denazification, which is quite obvious <clears throat> he's talking about um <clears throat> suppressing the Nazi groups in Ukraine. And possibly and all uh, the anti-Russian elements. I mean, he said that, by the way, many times before that he's not he's not going to allow. He even published an article where this thesis is put forward that he's not going to allow an anti-Russia at the doorstep of Russia. Right. Okay. And and but he's also talked about. I suspect he's going to um, put uh, put the uh, the Nazi leaders in jail. Well, he said that, the, yeah, well, obviously yeah. there was this idea I think, uh, that was floated that there's going to be a tribunal, right? Like Whatever, you know. yeah. And he's also, I think he's also said that he wants to um, prosecute some of the key figures in in what, in the, uh, you know, the, the um, disastrous policies of 2014 onwards. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and of course, last but not least, is he wants to... Um, improve the protection of the Donbass uh, breakaway republics. Okay, so these are, the, these are the things that he says that he wants to do. Now, if you think, if you think about it, if he, uh, quite a few of these things will naturally require a regime change. So, so, um, and that, so therefore, negotiations with the, um, the current uh, Ukrainian government are going to be very difficult, aren't they? Because oh, if, you know, if they want a regime change, then I can't see the Ukrainian government wanting to agree to that. Again, um, this denazification, how is, how is the Ukrainian government going to agree to that? And, and here I come on to this question of Zelensky himself personally. Now, he's, for propaganda purposes, he stayed in uh, Kiev, right? Now, there's a, there's a danger that... Um, Kiev is obviously going to be surrounded and circled by the the Russian army. So probably going to even come, is as we speak. Yes. Well, it may be already, yeah. but there's going to come a point at which uh, that um, Zelensky doesn't have a choice anymore; has to stay there. Now, there's a big problem with that, which I don't think a lot of people have considered, 
because basically he's going to be surrounded by um, uh, not just his government officials, but all the the armed militants, you know, which include a lot of fascist right-wing nationalist forces. Now, how is he going to possibly make concessions? Now, at the moment, this doesn't seem to be the problem. I mean, I, I should say that all the propaganda that's been made by um, being made by the Ukrainian side, I mean, you know, once you get a war, you get propaganda on both sides. But the of Ukrainian course. propaganda, <clears throat> which is kind of we're doing well and we're fighting. Oh, come on, Russia come on. I don't even want to. Right? Like, it's worse no, than but, the human rights no, but, Syrian observation, <laughs> observation well, center well, or whatever well, it was. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, the thing is that they, that, 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 that's contradicted by the fact that the Ukrainians are actually negotiating with the Russians. Now, yeah. I don't know about you, but if I was invaded by another country and I was determined to fight back and defeat them, and I thought we were doing so, I'd never have negotiations with the invading country. So mm-hmm. I think that that's evidence that the real situation, that they do understand the, the Ukrainian leadership, despite all their propaganda, which they're doing to keep up their morale, they realize that they're in a, that they're, um, in a very difficult situation, a deteriorating situation. So, Absolutely. Like, I mean, let's, so that, let's be honest. I mean, there's no chance of, like, unless a miracle happens, there's no chance really for Well, okay. Leave. But I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm not a military expert and I don't know the situation on the ground. Yeah, I of think course. I'm, I'm not a military expert either, no. but I can, I, I can make sense of the general situation and I understand what but is the perhaps proportion. We'll come on to, perhaps we'll come on yeah. to talk about some of those things in a minute. But, but just in terms of these negotiations, um, I think Zelensky will become a prisoner of the forces that he's in the middle of the fighting forces. So I don't see how he can possibly make any serious concessions in any negotiations without being declared a traitor and even come under pressure. Even guy could yeah. even get assassinated. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, and I won't be surprised, you know, he's right now riding high because you've got all the support expressed in the West verbally and he's got, you know, uh, all this thing. But as, as the battlefield situation gets worse as I suspect it will, um, then the whole mood will change. The morale will sink. I mean, for example, <clears throat> what a lot of people don't realize um, is that most of the arm, most of the Ukrainian army is in the east. Yeah. The beating heart of that army is there, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, I think there was about, they said there was about 120,000 Ukrainian soldiers on that front line yeah. with the Donbass breakaway republics. Yeah, and some, so some 70,000 are, are, are now trapped, being actually well, trapped. Well, I mean, that's what there, yeah. the, Rus- the Russian army classic maneuvers, which they learned from the Germans, was that you... You encircle your enemy, you divide your enemy, encircle it, and then you cut off all their logistics, and it's impossible for them to carry on fighting because yeah, they run out yeah. of food and bullets and whatever, exactly. you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that, that, so that's the way that we've seen they've been going. Uh, they've been dealing. But for example, the city of Kharkov, which you know is is like now exposed and overexposed, I would say, like the situation there, because obviously the city has not been taken. But the Russians are not really. Again, it's my observation. I'm not a military person, but you know, judging by what I can see, like provided that what I can see is true. There's no way for me to corroborate, you know, this information, obviously. But it seems like the Russians are actually, you know, they're not taking the cities. Like they're not, you know, bombing them, shelling them or whatever until the city gives up. They just encircle it. They move the front line and they, and occasionally, you know, well, not occasionally, but on the regular, what they do is they enter the cities by, you know, small groups of soldiers, not with artillery or anything like that, but with machine guns, pistols Mm. and and handguns, basically. And they engage in you know momentary battles with the resistance and then they pull back and they do that again until you know the resistance capacity is 
exhausted. So that's what's what's going on in Kharkov, and that's what's going on in some other cities. And probably this is what is going to be uh, uh, to, to what we're going to see in Kiev. It's only that you know in Kiev there was this desperate move. I don't know whose idea was that. Okay to hand out 20,000 Kalashnikovs to, mm. you know, some people, random people, without verifying whether they have ever held a gun in their hand. And of course, what, what occurred, uh, I think it was the day before yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not very very good with chronology, so it might have been two, three days ago, actually, uh, is that, you know, those people, those 20,000 people, many of them, you know, crazy ultra-nationalist uh, uh, members of crazy ultra-nationalist groups, they started shooting at each other, accusing each other's factions of being pro-Russian or, you know, Russian mm. subversive agents and stuff like that. And, and it was a it was a night of a hell in Kiev, you know, when, when this happened. So uh, I, I suppose that this is how, how things are going to be moving. And also let us not forget that there are many places where the Russian army reportedly, reportedly, the Russian army is not uh, facing uh, uh, any resistance, and there are already towns and uh, and, and centers, uh, you know, smaller that, yeah. towns and bigger urban centers where uh, the authorities have immediately agreed to work to collaborate with the uh, yeah. uh, with the advancing Russian army. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted uh, to interject that for the, sure. for the sake of, of of the you know order of the discussion, and also to refer to this. The Russian army, uh, sorry, yeah, well, the Russian army, but I, I was going to say about the Ukrainian army, the beating heart of the Ukrainian army, according to the information that I, that I, I came across and I feel, but it's just uh, just a hunch that it seems to be credible, okay? I, again, I cannot verify it. There's no way for me to do that. But it, it, it seems like, you know, the most radical forces and, and those that are willing to fight to the, uh, the, you know, mm-hmm. to the end are those that are right now around the city or north north to the city of Mariupol, which is on the Azov Sea, which is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the biggest harbor city in, uh, in, in, in Ukraine. And then it's south of this Donetsk and Luhansk uh, People's Republics. And, you know, they are being encircled right now, perhaps already encircled, and they are going to be pressed. And I, I really am afraid that what's going to happen there that this could be a bloodbath because those soldiers are partially, uh, those units there are partially of Ukrainian army are partially composed precisely of those right-wing, ultra, far-right, whatever you want to call them, Nazi or fascist militias. And they have been the pe- they are the people that have been terrorizing the population of uh, Luhansk and Donetsk for those eight years, you know, shelling mm-hmm. them, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, harassing them militarily yeah. on the contact line. And now the militias, the armed forces of the Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics are actually at the, you know, at the forefront of the advancing units of the Russian army there. And I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I mean, this that is, <clears throat> yeah, this is be... one of the worrying things, isn't it? I mean, to be fair to the Russian army, who are obviously working under Putin's um, instructions, um, they, as you say, they have not. They've had a tactic of deliberately, obviously, trying to avoid big civil, civilian casualties um, and not wanting to go into cities with big, uh, heavy weapons and, and, and so on. And I think that is a very that's one of the bright elements of this war so far. <clears throat> and 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 in response to that, I mean, this Ukrainian propaganda doesn't make sense. They've been saying that uh, the Russians are firing on residential buildings. Uh, they're firing on hospitals and ambulances, on kids' nurseries. Well, if that was the case, how is it possible then for the Ukraine, Ukrainians to be putting out figures that there are less than 200 civilian casualties so far? That doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, of course, the trouble is when you fire, when you fire missiles and, 
and, bar and drop bombs, then you, you're going to make, you know, you're going to have um, uh, all sorts of guidance uh, mistakes and they're going to go off course and you're going to have these things fall into some, um, some residential areas. But the danger, of course, is that as this war develops, you know, it develops a momentum of its own in different areas. And exactly what you've pointed out could, be hap could happen in um, certain areas could 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 get into really vicious fighting and Absolutely. revenge yeah. and that's this problem of war isn't it you know that yeah. that's the tragedy of war you know yeah that's why it's um, never a solution it's just yeah. Like, yeah but one of the interesting things that i on the media side i've noticed is that the west is not showing any videos from the russian no. side no. not one single video from the, which is ridiculous yeah I mean, and and it doesn't. They're not doing themselves any favors. They're not doing their ruling elites any favors because they're not informing people of what the real situation is. And then, and then there's the whole thing where they've banned RT. They're censoring left, right, and center. From, like, from the whole wow. of the EU, yeah. EU has been banned. So, yeah. where's their commitment to freedom and freedom of expression? Yeah. And it's ridiculous, isn't it? You know. Um, so, and the result is that people will not be able to see. Uh, both sides of this, the situation. So how can anybody make a, a judgment? So people have begin. What it doesn't work this thing because what will happen is, as the facts start to come out, people will start to discount the Ukrainian propaganda. I will. I will tell you the more. They're going to discount even the propaganda, the Western propaganda. Like I'm here in Poland, and in Poland, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, you get information like you know the Russian army is being you know defeated. It's retreating 50 kilometers, uh, you know 70 kilometers, 100 <laughs> kilometers. They're back, you know, uh, you know the Russian border mm. and so on and so forth, which is all ridiculous nonsense. Or like I don't know that the uh, uh, Ukrainian army is eliminating 3,000 soldiers, uh, Russian soldiers every day, provided that mm. there are like 30,000 soldiers, maybe on the ground okay in ukraine russian soldiers so like this is obviously so ridiculous and i've spoken uh, about that to maria you know in one of our programs previous programs that was aired yesterday i think uh, where she said that it, well this is this is the problem because you know propaganda should be actually carefully designed there should be half truths half lies and your government what our government in wow. that case polish is doing they're just you know betting on straight forward lies which is going to be very difficult for them to afterwards, exactly. I mean, you know manage as as i always say you know bullshit is only effective when about ninety percent of it is truth, and there's a little bit of yeah. bullshit on the top. Yeah. But if you if you make most of it bullshit, eventually yeah. it just. I mean, the the um, the the result, of course, of um, when the facts come out, if if it comes out that large numbers of Ukrainian troops are being uh, captured or or, or giving up um, against these Russian forces, um, then what will then happen is demoralization will set in on the Ukrainian side and it tends to snowball, doesn't it? And that's when that's when Zelensky's position will get extremely difficult. Yeah, and the question is, what is he going to do then, right? You know, and I mean, all this propaganda internationally, of course, is, is then as, as unfortunately the way things are with wars is that the winning side gains the respect of people. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't agree with that, but that's how it's tends to be viewed by most people. And we'll start to see the, the, the image in the media as this thing drags out and as the, if the Russians... I mean, the Russians are following classic military tactics. They can't... There's all this stuff about, oh, the Russians are being very slowed down well, none but, of us... Come on, I mean, the, want, like, look, I want to I comment on that. None of us know what... None of us know... 
what the plan None of us knows exactly, but, but there are well, certain anyway. things w which we can see. And one thing which we can see is that the uh, Russian army is advancing pretty much, pretty much, again, according... You know, I read the Russian media, I read the American media. I'm trying to make sense of everything that's out there. Sure. I, 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 obviously, I don't have any internal information, okay? Like, no one's whispering into my ear so that I can make, like, you know, I can give you the exact situation uh, <clears throat> on the ground. But what is visible is that the Russian army is advancing with one hand tied tied behind its back because they don't want to antagonize the population. They're doing their yeah. best. Whether That's they're right, going to yeah. achieve anything in this respect, I, it remains to be seen. I don't believe that, you know, they're going to gain much, but I, we'll see. No, but anyway, it's good. It's good. That yeah, it's good. That, of course yeah. it's good. Yeah, And, and the, other, the other side to that, if I could just add to that, is that um, what is amazing is that they have not set out to, unlike the Americans, when they go to war, they set out to destroy every part of, Civilian Absolutely. infrastructure, like Absolutely. they did in, Absolutely. did in Serbia. Do you remember when they bombed every oh. single thing, every bridge, every road? Yeah, every, of course, the factory, TV stations, the radio stations. It, right? whereas, yeah. whereas, in fact, in fact, the, the Russians are not bombing the infrastructure, and they've allowed they've allowed the mobile phones to stay open, the internet That's to stay oh, open, the internet, gas, everything. electricity, everything, which Absolutely. is which I think is a big. That's one big plus in this situation. That yeah, we should be thankful yeah, because for. they don't—they don't—they're not terrorizing the population, no. or at least they're not no. trying. You, you know, they're trying. And they're not, not trying to, to starve the population, terrorize them. No, exactly. no, so no. And, a, and you know, I mean, when you that's come a across, good thing. Absolutely, and when you come across like people, when you compare it, for example, to to Iraq, okay. I mean, first we we have this uh, according to, to to even to Western sources. Western sources say that there is like mm, the deployment is of the size of about fifty thousand troops. Uh, the Russians say that it's about uh, that's thirty thousand by. Uh, be it even 60,000. What is it? Okay. It's like a minimal portion of the whole army. And compare it to Iraq, where the Americans have actually deployed, if I'm not mistaken, 320,000 troops. I think like, it was, yeah. Yeah, 320,000 troops. And they were not able to capture Fallujah, you know, a city of 200,000. Uh, for I, I think that it was like it took two weeks or three weeks to actually take it over. And it was bombed yeah. to the ground. Yeah. Okay, whereas, I mean, come on, it's the fifth day of war or the sixth day, no, they, no, let's and, compare, and the Russians let's... are advancing on Kiev. So, like, come on, let's let's just be at least honest about it, okay? That, that, yeah, you, well, you I know... think it's also, let's look at the Ukrainian response, right? Now, yeah. I do, obviously, the Ukrainians are the victims here in terms yeah, of, the, no doubt, of the ordinary no Ukrainians. And, and, of course, they, they are desperate. Uh, they're in a much more desperate position than the, the advancing troops. But but uh, but the trouble is that the people who are leading them, I don't think have the same concern for human life at all. No. And I, I you notice what they do. One of the reasons why the Russian uh, advance is slow is because they, they, the Ukrainians have mined a lot of the roads. Um, they don't care whether that's going to blow up their own people, but they you know they've done that. So of course they've got to remove a lot of these mines. But also look at what they've done in Kiev. Now, the mayor of Kiev has uh, ha, had an evacuation plan, right, to get the civilians out mm -hmm. of Kiev. He didn't implement it. No. So, so I have to say that what the Russians have said about the Ukrainians using the civilians as human shields is some truth to that. At least to some I mean, extent, it, it seems well, like Why it's... the hell didn't they evacuate the main city? What the hell? Yeah, and, and you know the Russians have provided the corridors and everything. So yeah, yeah, what the hell, you know? I mean, and then as you said, then to give out, just give out randomly uh, weapons to people 
I mean, there was some. I saw some. There was some video of a guy go, riding down the bicycle with a whole number of uh, Kalashnikovs. Yeah, Hank, yeah, he just yeah. picked up. Not even just one, a whole series of them. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then the criminals are getting hold of these things too. Absolutely, loot, absolutely. And now they're even the now, now they're even contemplating like letting out, you know, uh, prisoners. You know, well, I, like, I, I, they this idea was that. floated. I heard yeah, that they, they have. A, I don't yeah. know if they have a lot. But I, I don't know if they, they have done, done that. that. Yeah. Well, anyway, but, but I mean, that that's well. a classic. But these are classic tactics that people do when they're trying to. I mean, I do understand they're desperate to defend their, their cities and their places and therefore they'll turn to far more desperate tactics than what the Russians have to, you know. Yeah. I mean, the anyway, Russians look, basically we've, we've got We've got right. like uh, 10, uh, 10 minutes to 10 minutes. Uh, okay. before we end the second. So, so I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you, Pat, about the sanctions and about the repl- okay. uh, response sure. of the West. I think it's extremely important because, uh, you know, there are many theories now, okay? Like w- there are people who say, oh, Russia is going to shrug them off because, you know, China is now going to buy the ruble mm-hmm. and everything's going to yeah. be okay. There isn't going to be any problems. And SWIFT, SWIFT doesn't matter because mm, they have their own messaging system. And it is all true. But I don't quite, I don't quite believe, you know, that it's just going to go all like this. On the other hand, I have to yeah. say that they obviously they, they keep they stay sharp, okay, in 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 Russia. I mean, okay, there was this attack on, uh, there was this, <coughs> there were the sanctions attack on the ruble and stuff. They were able to, you know. Uh, react by uh, uh, raising the interest rate, uh, the, the Russian central bank. I mean, mm-hmm. to I think twenty percent or something like this. This is a lot. This is a very high level, by the way. Yeah. And and it's also uh, well, according to to opinions that I've heard from people that I I kind of trust because I'm not really an expert in this field either. That uh, you know the the Russian central bank was able to do that because they they actually the level of in of, of debt is not that high in, in the Russian economy. Mm-hmm. And also the idea has been floated and I've heard that already and I've seen that in the Russian media and I've seen that sort of confirmed or reconfirmed in the Western media that uh, Russians are starting to implement something that is being referred to as capital's control, which I don't know exactly what it means, but I understand that it prevents the flow of capital outside uh, the Russian economy uh, and uh, and you know some people are even speculating that that because of of the uh, of the strength of the sanctions because this is also very strange to me perhaps you want to comment on that like why mm. would the west do it the way they've actually done this like you don't normally sanction with the full power with you know with you don't apply the full spectrum of sanctions immediately you normally you know you try this you try that then you know, you build up uh, gradually. What they've done is they've they've used all their possibilities. Basically, I mean, I don't quite see what else they could they could sanction. Okay, the next the next step is really uh, war, all out war against Russia. And uh, I don't know, is this a sign of desperation? Is this a sign of incompetence? Is this a sign of what? What is your take on this? And do you feel that the Russians could actually? resist this and and do you feel that you know their economy their capitalistic <coughs> neoliberal economy could actually uh survive that because and also i want to add because we spoke about that in previous segments about the illegality of those sanctions i mean come on they actually sanctioned the uh, the russian central bank froze its assets abroad now i don't know whether they were anticipating that because this goes against any logic and any law this has never mm. been done to any country at least of that magnitude i mean the economy of that yeah. magnitude 
Swift, okay, Swift is fine. Although actually there was a, b- a bit of a back and forth here as well because the Russians said, okay, guys, well, you're going to cut us off from Swift, but remember that if you can't pay for the gas, you know, we're just going to, you know, we sit on the tap still. You know, Vladimir is yeah. sitting on the tap. So uh, so obviously, you know, the Swift thing, it's, it's, it's like, you know, some banks were sanctioned and so on and so forth. Then there was a lot of fake news followed, by the way. Like, for example, I've seen that. So, so it's like, for example, Reuters reporting that Sperbank have failed, you know. And then I, I go to to see, you know, the the, the website of the Sberbank, which is uh, one of the largest uh, banks in Russia, and everything is going actually uh, some everything is going well. Only some uh, some 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 part of that bank, which operated abroad, uh, is is probably going to have to close down operations and stuff like this. So. Uh, what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, the Russians, I'm sure they were prepared to some extent. I don't know whether they were prepared to the extent that it actually occurred. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that the the Chinese are going to help them, whether by purchasing ruble, whether by any other mechanism. But there are also some, some mm, you know, uh, theories that those capital controls could lead to, provided the huge pressure... They could lead to some kind of planned management of the economy, which would be a breakthrough for the Russian economy in general. And I just want to, you know, I, I don't really have a solid opinion on that, but I want to mm. I want to hear your take. <clears throat> well, uh, perhaps if I can um, separate these into two questions. One is, why is the West doing these sanctions? I mean, mm-hmm. these particular sanctions, and then what effect it will have in the, in, in the Russian economy now? Um, I, I think the West, basically, they're in a very difficult position because they, they've decided not to militarily intervene with their own armies or their air forces or whatever. So therefore, they're, they, they're under great pressure to do something as far as their political class and all the rest of it is concerned. And, they, and they're using the sanctions as a substitute for real action. And they're dressing them up in this great way and making them sound great and making them big. But, but many, many voices are, are raising objections about this and saying that they're not really going to have these effects that they, you know, all the sanctions they've done before have never worked, generally speaking, unless, unless it's against a, a very poor country, um, you know, or, or a country like Iran. There was a Yeah, but come on, they wanted to topple the regime in Iran and they didn't. The Iran, Iranian government right, exactly. is still there. Exactly. Uh, so, like, so, I can, to my so, memory, so I, I, even, I can't even remember, when, when has it ever worked? Like I just can't. Well, can't no, it has. It has. It's worked from from. You see, because the Americans' attitude. A lot of people don't appreciate that. The Americans' attitude to a lot of these countries is the old Roman method of uh, attitude of rule or ruin. Mm. So, for example, what they're doing in Myanmar right now mm-hmm. with the, with the crazy policy, which is backed by the Americans of the opposition. Um, you know, uh, going killing civil servants, teachers, uh, railway workers, uh, sabotaging all sorts of things. Anybody who disagrees with them is being shot. So that's going to that is already alienating a large part of the population who initially were supporting them, and they don't care because they just want to screw up the economy, right? The same the same tactic of what they did in Syria, or what they're trying to do in Cuba, what they're trying to do in Venezuela. So if they can't run the country, they're going to ruin it. And if they, mm. they, they, they try to use these things to sometimes get uh, the people to overthrow their governments, but it doesn't usually work. We know that. 
But that, so, but it works from the point of view of weakening and ruining those countries, obviously, and that's their attitude. So, <clears throat> so that's that's one side of it. Um, so there is some logic to what they're doing. It's not completely stupid, um, <clears throat> but they they're trying to give the impression. But this won't last very long. That's another thing. They're trying to give the impression that they're really taking action, and they're you know because they know that if they just limit their response to just condemning Russia. That will, uh, after, they can't do that for a few days, but how long can you keep doing that? People are going to say, well, well, what's good is that? You know, how, <clears throat> so they, as a substitute for military action in terms of actually invading uh, Ukraine with their armies, this is their, their, this is their fig leaf, basically. Now, what effect is this going to have in Russia? Well, I think it's going to do the, it's going to be exactly the opposite of what the, uh, the American and the European Union authorities have said. Because they've argued that it won't have these sanctions won't have much effect in the short term, but they'll bite more deeply as time goes on. I think it's going to be completely the opposite way around. They'll have immediate effects, uh, you know, uh, currency fall, stock market fall, um, problems with some banking transactions. Um, there's going to be all sorts of dislocations. So an example I saw yesterday: Boris Kargalitsy, the left um, guy from from Russia. He, he gave an example that it, by, by bad luck that a lot of the leases, a lot of the aircraft in, in Russia are leased from, mm. uh, organized by Western companies and um, their leases are coming up in April and therefore there's going to be a lot of planes in Russia not being able to fly. Uh, there's going to be dislocations, but as time in the short term, but in the medium term, uh, Russia will then have time to work its way around these problems and find substitutes. With now, China, in, probably. And, and of course, there's nothing that, that, the, that the Europeans, they talk about these high technology um, uh, things. You know, We know the example, for example, of when they, in 2014, they banned uh, high technology oil drilling, all, all oil drilling equipment, which potentially was going to cripple the oil industry in Russia. But Russia developed substitutes. And, exactly. Uh, were able to, yeah. So the same. Or, or now they are saying like, oh, you you're not going to be able to buy iPhones, like you know stuff. Like oh, that. who gives a big yeah. deal? Like you know. I mean, but but the thing is that there's nothing that between them, Russia and China, um, can't or and Iran and so on can't make that the the Europeans and the Americans make. Yeah, but and but they brings... also hope. But they also hope. Yeah. I think that they're going to get some some kind of reaction. Uh, they're going to enrage the population by, for example, cutting them off Netflix or Spotify or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And like, come on! <laughs> I mean, you know, no, but, I, I, I only but, think it's going to be offensive. Yeah. I only think no, it's going to be. I think this is going to be insulting for the people. Though. I know this is going to. This brings me on to the more important thing, that they are absolute idiots. The West. What the hell do they think they're doing? By cutting off Russia from the West, what do they think the end result will be? What I mean, the end result will be that Russia will be more integrated with the Eurasian economies and China, and they will develop all their own alternatives. They will have to, and it will lead it will lead to large loss of sales and contracts for uh, European companies, American companies. It will lead to uh, a completely different financial system developing, and oh, yeah. it's going to hasten. It's going to hasten the death of the dollar. By, by the way, I'm not sure. No. I'm not sure if they realize what they had actually done with this. Uh, you know, with this. Uh, uh, sanctioning of the Russian central bank. Now, of course, there is no information really as to how mu how much of its assets 
is abroad and is being frozen right now. I'm, I personally, my guess is that it's not a large sum, not an insignificant one, but not, not anything large. And they've also been piling gold, okay? Piles and piles of gold. Yeah, I mean, so, Russia's so, been But, but I want to say yeah. that I'm not sure whether the West is actually, you know, um, is, is comprehending what they, what they have done. I mean, the, the international trade is never going to be the same again after everything they've done. You know, uh, they're, they're creating, they're forcing uh, the development of an alternative to their whole economy, financial system. Yeah, they're disrupting I mean, their own globalization. I know, like. and, and China, for, for example, China. China's China's being uh, China released the year before last their digital currency on trial, a beta version, right? Mm. And they've been trialing it across uh, across the Chinese population. Now, um, China hasn't made it official yet you know hasn't released it for officially for its international trade but this is going to force china and russia linking in with china to speed everything up mm. <laughs> so they're they're hastening the day of the death of their political system uh, and their their economic and financial system i mean and already also, already china is now the the top four banks of the world are chinese yeah, and, more and, and more, also, also, yeah. you know, when you look at Europe, which is, you know, Eastern Europe, where I reside, <laughs> it's like with this gas things, you know, like, well, oh, yeah, so that like, comes come on, on to, I mean, they are, are yeah. they really willing so, to commit economic suicide? That's the other point about these sanctions is that wherever they're really meaningful, they don't do them. Hmm. So, so, you know, the things that matter for the things that matter for Russia, what are they? Gas. Um, uh, oil, food, and they're not, they deliberately, and certain key and minerals, metals. metals, and they've deliberately excluded all of them from the yeah. sanctions because yeah. the world can't do without them. So what, and these are, these are the, these are the products that are, are the big, provide the big bulk of, of uh, Russia's income. So what, yeah. what the hell? So the thanks, even on that, the, the sanctions are just, they're, 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 um, they're designed. They're, they're, you know. You know the Western. The Western governments have become so much prisoners of public relations and of their own propaganda. In That's what I mean. Is, you know, yeah. for them, for the politicians, they they become obsessed with public relations, and that you know, all on a on a daily basis, the individual politicians and all of these people. So that's for them the most important thing: winning the war of propaganda. Now, the war of propaganda is important, but there's a limit. You, you can't, you can't, you can't, you, you know, propaganda cannot replace the real life. And that's yeah. what a, a lot of this becomes a propaganda war with nothing behind it, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, we went over time. So we're going to end this segment right now. And we're going to speak okay. in our last segment about in this conversation, long conversation, very interesting, uh, I hope, for all our viewers and listeners about Ukraine. We're going to go to uh, the final, very important, maybe the most important point. What is the way forward for the Ukrainian state and for the Ukrainian people? Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening and watching. Thank you, Pat, for being here with us and see you in the next segment.